133 to 77 as the Boston Celtics came in here loaded for bear, jumped out to a 17-0 lead in the first quarter. And the Bulls ultimately fall by 56. On today's episode, we're talking about the most patriotic game of the week, Army versus Navy. Some NFL recap with Sean McVay holding his cards tight to his vest. Got to talk about what Gronk was doing there on the last play. Of course, we're going to talk some NBA action. There's some trades about to go down. People are getting ready to be moved in a couple days. And we got to talk about LeBron giving the ball girl his shoes. Other news, the Bulls. Got to talk about the Bulls. And, of course, we'll close the show with UFC 231 that was this weekend. It was a great weekend of sports and fights. I hope everybody had an amazing weekend. We're almost here to Christmas. And I got to get my Christmas shopping done. Costco and Ross are going to be filled to the brim. And I can't wait to get my deals to give it to the people that I love the most. Folks, thank you, everyone, for subscribing to the podcast and rating it. Five stars. Over 40. Five-star reviews. My goal is 100, and we're chipping away day by day. And everyone watching on Instagram, at 2 underscore legit underscore sports. The clips are popping right now on the Instagram. I'm trying to blow it up. Got Clipper Daryl looking at it all wild and crazy. About to get some some ESPN talking heads in there. I got to do it. If Clipper Daryl's in there, you know the others are nearby. Folks, once again, shout out to Lamp Apparel for the dopest, short, the dopest shorts. And the dopest shirts. Go to lampapparel.com. Get, get some of your fresh gear for the winter season. And that's all my sponsorships. As for me, sorry about a little MIA on the audio. The Instagram is popping. But the podcast will be coming. Let me know of this format I'm dropping on you today. Leave some questions in the comments. Write me some questions on Twitter and Instagram. I'm ready to answer them. Let's get into the show, y'all. I'm ready to talk. I'm ready to spit and uh, be very loud and obnoxious. For the entertainment of others. Let's drop the beat, Eduardo. shout out to our award-winning listeners shout out to nick shout out to jordan shout out to rob shout out to carlitos gus and every other award-winning this listener i had to shout out those people for leaving me a nice review on the itunes but folks it was very patriotic this weekend and not just the nfl was patriotic i'm talking about the biggest most patriotic college football game you can play on this planet that's right army Versus Navy was going down this weekend. If you were watching it on CBS, it was pure chaos. There was the Army men and the Navy men. They were getting wild in Philadelphia, tailgating. They were getting rough and rowdy. It was an amazing scene. They had planes fly over. They had President Trump do an awkward coin toss. I'm not going to critique the president and his coin toss, but I'm going to say my man shot it like it was like a shot. He, he, he flicked it. And it went, it went a couple feet. It didn't go straight up and down. Not going to complain. He did his job. Army and Navy was a great game to watch on Saturday with all the festivities. In the end, 
Army won again. Army is stacked. They're 10 and 2. I want to see their schedule. I want to see who they're playing. Another 10 win season. And, you know, the Army, I don't think the Army accepts invitations to the bowl games. And neither does Harvard. I think Army didn't want that. Because, you know, if the Army's in the BCS, Alabama, they're going to be like, well, you know, maybe we should get, we got to let the Army win because they're great. And America. But nevertheless, Army comes out on top. I think Navy plays a harder schedule. They play Notre Dame. They play a couple other guys. But shout out to Army, Army, Navy, the Armed Forces Classic. I think the Air Force plays a couple. The Air Force plays somebody as well, right? You can't forget about the Air Force. They got a great football team. The Marines don't have a football team. Coast Guard doesn't have a football team. Shout out to our uh, service men and women. Can we talk some NFL? It was hot this Sunday night. The Rams going to Chicago, 26 degrees. And I know all the stereotypes. Jared Goff, a NorCal quarterback, playing for a SoCal team. And this SoCal softies, I can hear it already from the Midwest. They had to go to this cold and they couldn't handle the 26 degrees. We were playing like we were very uncomfortable. Like how the Dodgers were in Boston. The the cold may have affected us. Sean McVay took full responsibility for this loss. And basically because he didn't run the ball, folks. Did you watch this game? He held everything close to his vest. No reverse sweeps. Not a lot of running from Gurley. Making Goff look like, Jared, like Jeff Fisher is the one calling the place. It's all a master plan by Sean McVay. I know we lost... The first seed right now because New Orleans owns the tiebreaker. But I think Sean McVay is thinking ahead. He's thinking for the championship. We may have to face the Bears in the conference championship in the divisional. He doesn't want to show Matt Nagy all he's got. He doesn't want to show Khalil Mack and that steel curtain they got going in, in, in Chicago. They want to show all the good stuff. So the Bears got the W. I believe they're, what, a game and a half ahead of Minnesota? For the division, they're they're probably going to be the three seed with Dallas taking the four seed. All hell's going to break loose. A great night for the Bears. The Rams will bounce back. They will recover. Second loss of the year. And the Patriots are going to have to recover as well. Because did you see the end of this game, folks? It was 33-28. to Transitioning to the South Beach special. The Miami Miracle. The shock at the Hard Rock. The Miami Dolphins beat the New England Patriots on the miracle. Let's break it down for you right now. 33-28, last play of the game. Ryan Tannehill's got to throw the ball 70 yards. Bill Belichick puts Grob Gronkowski, big Bob Gronk, big Gronk Gronk, puts him at the 20, puts him in the end zone like Tannehill is going to launch it 80 yards into the end zone. This ends up being a lateral play with Kenyon Drake, and, and he scored. Rob Gronk, watch the end of this play. Rob Gronkowski looks like he... Tore every meniscus in his knees, and he slipped on a banana peel. He looked very uncomfortable trying to hit that angle and trying to make that tackle. It was all bad. Bold prediction. This is Gronk's last year. I can't wait for Rob Gronkowski versus Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania in two years. That's Gronk's career path. What a weird win. But Miami always gets those funny wins at home when they, when the Patriots come to South Beach. It always happens. And what, what can you say? The miracle in Miami. The fans were stoked. The security was getting swamped. Good for the Miami Dolphins. And I'm glad the Patriots got the L. I'm trying to, I'm trying to hope. I'm hoping over here that the Patriots don't get the bye. But if you look at the Steelers, they're losing to the Raiders. I mean, come on now. What is what what is this? And then you got the Texans losing to the Colts. The AFC is an utter mess. 
no idea what's going to happen right there, but the Patriots will recover. You know they're going to be in the championship game. If they got the bye week, there's about a 99.7% chance they're in the AFC championship game. Browns and Panthers. I don't know if this game spoke more for Baker Mayfield or Cam Newton. Because the Browns look great without Hugh Jackson. The Baker Mayfield is launching the Baker bombs all the way down the field to Jarvis Landry and whoever's open. And, uh, yeah, Cam Newton not looking so fiery. His post-game outfits are better than the Carolina offense right now. The Camelina, I call it Camelina. I like to combine words. The Camelina offense, I'm taking the, the shirtless suit that Cam Newton be rocking. Shout-out to Cam Newton's fashion. And a uh, big shout-out to the Carolina coaching staff because I don't know what's going on. They lost five straight. They had a 94% chance to make the playoffs a couple weeks, and a couple weeks ago, rather, and now it's down to three. So it's all bad right now if you're a Carolina Panthers fan, man. So close, so such, you were so close to the Super Bowl championship. You were in the Super Bowl. Cam didn't want to dive, and now we're here. Who knows what's going to happen? Eagles and Cowboys, the primetime game of the week. It was a shit show, ladies and gentlemen. The Cowboys tried to lose, and the Eagles gave it right back. What an ending. Amari Cooper is worth two first-round picks right now. He's the MVP. My man Douglas had the tip. It didn't matter because Amari Cooper has the hands of gold. He left Oakland all the stenches off of him, and now he, he's balling out in Dallas, man. He's so happy to be with a Cowboy, and he is leading the charge into the playoffs. Pit stop to talk a little Pat Mahomes. The Ravens had him. The Ravens had him. Lamar Jackson had him. They were going to take a stranglehold on a wire card slot. But in the end, Pat Mahomes is throwing no-look passes. His fourth down. He throws across his chest. He's like Stephen Curry and Brett Favre combined. He doesn't care. Pa Andy Reid can't mess up Pat Mahomes. He's trying. But Pat Mahomes is, uh, you know, on the fly, a la carte specials, just launching that and, and, and getting buckets and getting scores. Can't complain about the Chiefs. They're the one seed. They're doing the damn thing. I can't wait for the Chiefs-Pats AFC title game in Arrowhead. What will Travis Kelsey be wearing is the bigger question, folks. Last game I want to talk about in the NFL, Chargers and Bengals. Look, the Chargers are already looking forward to the Thursday night game against the Chiefs. The Bengals were sticking around. I don't even know who was playing. Who was the third-string quarterback? No, I don't even know who that guy was. He was throwing touchdowns on the Chargers. And the Chargers pulled through. And a side note, the Bengals lost, and the Bengals are now in last place in their division. Yes, the Browns are ahead of the Cincinnati Bengals. What is the common trait? Hugh Jackson. What I'm sure Hugh Jackson's a great man. I talk great things about Hugh Jackson, but where he goes, the team goes to last place. Don't know what to say. I'm just looking at the scoreboard. Big Monday night game. I'll take Seattle to beat Minnesota. I'm saying Kirk Cousins is gonna is gonna throw a ham. He's gonna throw a nice lemon over the middle for 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 the Seattle secondary and the Legion of New Boom to take to, to get some picks. I'll take Seattle by ten. They'll win this very handedly. L let's take a quick break and we'll talk some NBA. I'm going to use this break to plug my podcast and my Instagram. Folks, Too Legit Sports is popping. Make sure you subscribe and listen before I'm the number one sports radio personality in all of Los Angeles. Before you have to watch Colin Cowherd to get my hot takes. Before you have to watch Keyshawn LZ and George in the mornings on ESPN LA to get my scorching hot takes in two languages. Thank you to everybody rating at five stars. And let's get to the NBA. 
on to the association. And folks, I'm giving LeBron James my great guy of the week. Russ is in the two slot. He's giving away shoes at an all-time clip right now. Super respect for Russ. He's giving away his cleats, his shoes rather. LeBron James giving his shoes to the Memphis Grizzlies ball girl. And the story to go with it. Let's play some LeBron audio to go with it. The game and then she kind of worked up. What, what happened there? In your I think she's one of the ball, uh, ball girls here. Um, every year I've come here, she's always um, she's always worn a, 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 a very exclusive pair of my shoes. And I've always noticed it. I've never said anything to her. And, uh, you know, and, and tonight I said something to her for the first time. And she was like, yeah, I've always been team LeBron. Always. So she got a pair of LeBrons. Gotta love LeBron. Remember, he's got the elephant memory. And shout out to the ball girl. Got the shoes. That's amazing. Amazing story. Speaking of LeBron tonight, LeBron James and Dwayne Wade will face off for the last time in the NBA. Their battles are even. They're 15 and 15 against each other. Bragging rights is on the line tonight. And folks, I remember this. This was my favorite draft class, the 03. I was not even a teenager yet when LeBron was in that all-white suit. He came on board. And then, you know, Darko. Then you had Melo, Bosch, and Dwayne Wade. I, I'm a big Wade guy. I made my mom buy all those Wade shoes. I, I, I had those Dwayne Wade uh, all-black Converse. Who remembers those? Those, those Wades. They were so uncomfortable. But I was such a big Dwayne Wade fan, especially in the 08-09 when he was like prime Flash Wade. Beast, go watch yourself some 09 Dwayne Wade, and you're gonna be like, Oh my gosh, this guy is a freak of nature. But those Converse shoes, they had to go, man. Those were bricks. Converse was selling wolf tickets with those shoes, but you know, it's whatever. Now, Way of Wade is now taking over. Shout out to the Way of Wades. I'll take LeBron tonight. Dwayne Wade had like 25 points off the bench on Saturday. They had lunch. They had dinner last night, more than likely. I'm taking LeBron because LeBron's a big bragging rights guy. You're going to win tonight. Close game. Miami? I don't even know about Miami, man. Are they good? The highlight of the Heat is watching Dwayne Wade come out for his 20 minutes. That's the highlight of the Miami Heat right now. Not Goran Dragic. Not uh, Tyler Johnson. Not Josh Richardson. I'm saying names that you don't even know. Hassan Whiteside is not even playing right now, and they're, and they're better without him. Trade news, Trevor Ariza is making the waves right now. Uh, good buddy LeBron's a, uh, and interim GM, James Jones of the Phoenix Suns. He's making big moves right now. He's trying to get Trevor Ariza to his boy LeBron right now. Come on now. He already sent Tyson Chandler over on a buyout. James Jones knows once LeBron buys the Cavs or the Pelicans or the Suns, James Jones is going to be the GM. So, you know, he's trying to hook up his boy LeBron. But you got to make a trade happen because the, the, we got to make the money right. Uh, Caldwell Pope for Ariza, they probably won't accept that. Robert Sarver, although he's not the greatest owner in the world right now, he won't accept that trade. The trade that everybody says that's going to make sense is Markel Fultz to Phoenix. Contavious Caldwell Pope to Philly. And um, Trevor Ariza to L.A. And I think Philly will get a pick somewhere in there as well because the Lakers are going to have to sweeten the pot if Westchester's own Trevor Reza is going to don the purple and gold again. That's all I'm saying. And, you know, other teams are going to be fighting for him. Houston is going to make a desperate trade. Portland 
is going to be in the mix to get to add another wing if they're not going after Kevin Love already. So big things are going to happen. Dropping this new segment right here. It's called Are They Hurt? Yes, on Are They Hurt, we have two examples today. I want to talk about John Wall. Is John Wall hurt? Is his back bothering him? Is his knees okay? Are his hands healthy? My man had no points in 26 minutes. He's not looking right. Now he's sitting out. I believe he's sitting out tonight, uh, if with an, possibly with an injury. I, I have a feeling he's hurt, and he's, letting, he, he's not letting on as much as we believe. I believe he is dealing with a serious injury. He's not the John Wall. He's not driving to the paint with that left hand. He's not distributing. He's not taking those good shots. John Wall's got to rest up, baby. Got to rest up and get that trade value up. He's got to rest up and make a contender a championship possibility. My other are they hurt is Kyle Lowry. Folks, Kyle Lowry has been playing like dog shit the last couple games. They started out white hot, and now Kyle Lowry is shooting four for 28. Villanova's own Kyle Lowry is shooting four for 28. No bueno. I think that back is flaring up. I'm going to have to get some treatment on that black, on that back. And Kawhi is going to have to carry the load for a second. Look, Kyle Lowry, we can't have playoff Lowry right now. Play, Lowry has to be healthy. The Raptors need Lowry, although Lowry is not playing to his all-star level. Kemba is the best point guard in the East right now. Kemba Walker gets no love. He's a free agent right now. He's making nothing. And he's the best point guard in the East. Folks! Let's wrap up with the East, okay? Let's talk about the Chicago Bulls, who are a complete mess. They are the messiest mess in the NBA. Shout out to Nick, the Bulls fan, who thought they were going to win more than 30 games. I had them pegged at the under very heavily. I bet heavy on the under for the Chicago Bulls. And I knew as I was talking to regular Dave about our over-unders episode uh, two, three months ago, we were doing over-unders. They think they're going to win. Gar Pax, the general manager of that whole management team, they think spending money on Jabari Parker, who plays no defense, like the controller disconnects when he plays defense, and Zach Levine, who is a beast, who has all-star flashes but is inconsistent. And you got Campaign, Wendell Carter, Laurie Marketing, Bobby Portis. You got a, just a bunch of dudes. And I don't know why you thought in the East you are going to win 40, 41 games and get in the eighth seed and get blown up out of there by the Raptors. That's why Fred Horberg had, had to go, which sucked because the players liked him, but he had to be the scapegoat. And he's going to do great things in college. If I'm UCLA, I give him a call. And you know the players liked him, and they hate Jim Boylan because the performances. They're having – the word on the street is they're having practices like their kids, like their childs. So they go out here. They play this Saturday night game against the Boston Celtics, who are – you know, they're on paper they're a great team, but they haven't been Eastern Conference Championship level this whole year. And they go and get blown out by 56. If you get blown out by 56, you're trying to send a message. If you get blown out by 56 – you're not even trying. Anything over 40 is, is, is they're like, you know what? We I, I'm not having fun. I don't like you, Jim Boyan. That's all that was. Jim Boyan is a fan of the hard practices. He's a fan of the two-hour suicide runs like it's middle school JV. Okay, and they were complaining like you were treating us. You were treating us like it was middle school JV. That's what the, the group texts were saying. And Jim Boylan, they had a closed-door meeting. Total mess. Closed-door meeting with players. Closed-door meeting with coaches. Chaos, but you know what? To give Coach Boylan the benefit of the doubt, if you watch the way those starters played, they got benched in the third quarter. Benched with a 26-point deficit, and it blew up to another 30 points. They were playing horrifically. Watch them play defense. Look at these clips that I have on the screen right now. There's better defense being played at the 24-hour fitness right now. There's better 
defensive communication on middle school basketball teams than there are on the Chicago Bulls. It's horrific basketball to watch. Wendell Carter is the only highlight of that, okay? Wendell Carter is, is a pleasure to watch. He's so mature. All of his answers, he's such a professional. While the whole world around him is burning, like he's that dog meme. He's like, everything will be fine and there's fire. That's the Chicago Bulls and Wendell Carter right now. Horrible what's going on. Nobody wants to play for the Bulls right now. Homie is focused on the White Sox anyway. The owner loves the White Sox. He likes the Bulls. That's my NBA talk right now. We're going to have more NBA talk during the week. Guess what? The Warriors are back. And guess what? The Thunder are the two seed. And you know what? Denver, Memphis, and the Clippers. Three of the top eight teams. And they may not even have an all-star between all of them. Gasol, Conley. Let's get Tobias Harris in there. That's bullshit. Because you know what the starters are going to be? The starters are going to be Russ, Steph, LeBron, Durant, and AD. Those are the starters. Cold world. That's all I got. Leave some questions. Send me some comments below. Send me some messages on Instagram at AFDes99 or at Two Legit Sports. You can follow me on Twitter with those same handles. Now I'm going to talk some fights. Let's take a quick break. We're going to talk that UFC and Lomachenko. Let's talk combat, folks. Saturday night, it was boxing and MMA. And we're coming off that crazy weekend last week with Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury, you know, acting like The Undertaker, Tyson Fury, coming up from the dead and surviving. I don't know, to this day, to this day, I don't know how Tyson Fury got up from those from that knockout punch. I mean, it was a perfect combination. A beautiful 2-3, flush, knocked him on his ass. Homie was dead for five seconds. Came back. I thought he won the fight. I thought Fury won the fight. Ended up being a draw. Is what it is. I can't wait for the rematch. Folks, let's talk Lomachenko first. Vasily Lomachenko, he battered and bruised Pedraza on ESPN. It was uncalled for what he did. The highlight knockout was Teofimo Lopez, who hit the homie so hard, he face-planted and then the legs started to work again. It's a crazy video. We'll put it up if you're watching on Instagram. Where homie gets knocked out, he face plants, and then the legs try to work as he's on the ground. Like, his body short-circuited. What a trip to see. Lomachenko destroyed Pedraza for 12 rounds. Beat him up. Almost finished in the 11th. That's what Lomachenko does, man. Can we get Lomachenko and a big name? Can we get Lomachenko and, uh, what, or Gervonta Davis? I need a big name for Lomachenko. He's a, such a stud. The way he moves, the footwork, the combinations, the timing. Everything is such a world-class, elite, such a spectacle, once-in-a-generation type of talent and once-in-a-generation type of skills. Grew up with the dancing, grew up with the with the, with the the techniques and the hand-eye coordination. Lomachenko's a stud. If you haven't watched Lomachenko, go watch yourself. Some Vasily Lomachenko. Speaking of the Chenkos, Valentina Shevchenko versus Joanna Young Jacek's. Oh, baby, the co-main event. But you know what? I can't start there. Let's rewind it back. I had dinner on Saturday night with a friend. Had ramen. It was delicious. If you're a ramen guy, come hit me up. It's all about the ramen. Then my homie Craig, award-winning listener Craig, the Black Beast Lewis, rang me up. We wanted to watch these fights. Hardcore fans card. So we went to good old Big Wangs. Saw the homies Houston and Corey at the fr at the door. You know, because they got to have the security. Get Things get a little wild at the chicken wing spot. And uh, we sat down. Had some drinks, ate some food, and enjoyed the fights. It was a little, it was a light crowd because, you know, no, no McGregor's, no John Joe's. It was fun. It was cozy. And 
I can't complain. It was an amazing. It's fun watching those fights with a group of people. And man, Shevchenko, Yoana. I had Shevchenko winning that fight. I picked her to win that fight, rather. And she did. She's the bigger woman. She's already been Yoana three times. That mental factor. Valentina is a better grappler as well. Stronger. And look, Valentina Shevchenko is like a video game character, okay? She hits all these moves. She has no reaction. There's no... Uh, she doesn't telegraph anything in her punches. It's unbelievable watching her strike and grapple. And when she does her dance, when she does the dance after she wins, it's one of the most fun things to watch. It's one of the greatest post-fight celebrations I've ever seen. As far as Joanna goes, I am a big Joanna fan. Joanna champion to this day. She dresses like a fighter too. She's rocking the Gucci sweaters and the Dolce glasses. She's a stud. I love you some Joanna. But I don't know where she goes from here. She's lost three out of the last four. Lost to Rose. And now maybe she's in purgatory right now. Maybe she takes a rest and resets and goes back down in weight. Because I don't think she can compete in this higher weight class right now. She's got to go back and, and reset herself and find herself and do the damn thing. I'm a big Joanna girl. Shout out to the first knockout of the year. I believe it was Tiago Santos. I walked in and I saw homie get that uppercut of death. And he got knocked out. So that was a pretty sick knockout. A uh, couple fights in between that were fillers, Shevchenko, and then the co-main event of the evening, Brian T-City Ortega versus Max Holloway. Now, I was talking to my cousin George out in Florida, and we were debating this fight because I was picking Ortega due to Holloway's health. I think I thought Holloway's health was deteriorating. I thought he was taking all this punishment. Man, he's been fighting that way ever since he was 19, and he's 27. That's a lot of punishment on a young body, a young chin, and a young brain. But Max Holloway came out healthy. He was back. The cut was great. And he looked like a monster, zombie, coconut-headed beast. I mean, Max Holloway was back. He was back. And I picked Ortega to win this fight. I thought he would take this guy to the ground. He would enforce his game plan. That was not the case. Max Holloway enforced his will on Brian Ortega. He forced Brian Ortega to fight. His fight, and it was a stand-up, dragging him down, bang it out, street fight. It was, I'm going to meet you in the middle, and we're going to throw at each other. Beautiful combinations and kicks by Max Holloway. He threw a beautiful combination that is rarely seen in MMA. An amazing boxing combination where he throws, they throws the straight, he leads with the straight right. Leads with the straight right, goes with a double jab, and comes right back with a straight right completely throws off the timing of the fighter doesn't know what's going on and i mean that third round was all time i had holloway winning the first two rounds battering and bruising t-city ortega in the third round ortega dug his feet into the canvas and pretty much said to himself as you if you look at the fight i'm gonna come in here and i'm gonna give it all my third and if he if he goes down he goes down if he doesn't he doesn't and ortega threw everything at holloway he threw the kitchen sink, he threw the breakfast bar, he threw the island, and the entire pantry with all the Doritos in it. Yet Max Holloway stood there, stood there and kept pointing to the ground like, I'm going to be right here the whole time. Keep throwing it, keep throwing it. He was messing with him, doing footwork, he was dancing, and Ortega could not come out at the end of the fourth. The fight was stopped in between the fourth and the fifth, and Max Holloway retains the UFC featherweight championship all in all, a great fight. Ortega was, I was getting mutilated. It looked like ground beef. They had to stop the fight. Ortega's a young cat. He did not, he did not need to take 
any more damage to that eye, to that face, to that brain, to that chin. Nothing. It was a good call. Good call by the ref. Good call by the doctors. And now Holloway, everybody wants Holloway to move up. But he's dominating 145. He's cleaned out 145. People are saying he's the greatest featherweight of all time. Connor beat him. So he's going to have that over his head. And although this Max Holloway is a very different Max Holloway from five years ago. And I can make an argument that this Max Holloway wipes the floor with this Connor McGregor. But Connor has beaten Holloway and he's beaten Aldo. So technically he's the greatest featherweight if you want to put it on paper. But Holloway is crushing it. If he goes to 155, that Connor rematch, it has to happen. You got to have Connor Max too at 155 if you're going to do a like a lightweight Grand Prix. That's got to be one fight. And then you got to do uh, what Poirier and Cerrone's got to be one fight as well. Pair those guys off. Khabib and Tony is the other fight. And you got to find another 155. Maybe Ke the Kevin Lee and Ally Quinta will be the, the other uh, eliminator next week, which is on the Fox card. So you could throw that into the uh, the lightweight Grand Prix. All in all, it was a great card. I'm glad I, got, I went out and went to go see it with, with the homie Craig. $10 cover. All in all, a blast. I love watching fights. Great night of fights. And now what do we got next week? We got Ally Aquinta and Kevin Lee for free on Fox. We got Canelo Alvarez versus Rocky Felding in his first fight on DAZN. Live from Madison Square Garden in New York City. And to end the month, we got John Jones and Alexander Gustafsson. We got Amanda Nunes and Steiborg fighting for a unified title. I'm going to have to bring on some fight doctors. I'm going to have to bring in my homie Kel Dansby from the Corner Podcast to talk these fights. Big fight weekend coming up. Big fight month coming up and just a great sports month in general. I want to thank everybody for listening to the Two Legit Sports Podcast with your host, Alex Fernandez. Make sure to follow us on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Play. We're probably on Bundle as well. We're definitely on Instagram, Two Legit Sports. Once again, my name is Alex Fernandez. You can follow us at AFDEZ99. Type in two legit sports. Thank you, everyone, for listening to the show. It's kind of a long-winded intro, but hey, go Rams. We're going to bounce back. Go Lakers and go Kings, even though they're horrible in the NHL right now. And, of course, bowl season. Got to talk about that bowl season. I'm out, and I'll see you all later this week.